Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Happy New Year, fellow Lions fans. I'm Dr. Jimmy Liao, University of Michigan Medical School grad, board certified in family medicine, here to do the weekly medical update on the Detroit Lions. Thankfully, despite that crushing loss against the Cowboys, we're still in the playoffs with a home game, with the divisional championship. If not, I'd be in a coma, probably like I was back in 2015 after that Lions-Cowboys playoff game. Lots of stuff to discuss today. This is Wednesday evening. We'll discuss the Cowboys game injury recap featuring Jason Williams, but also Laporta, Tracy Walker, and Goff. Do a Vikings game preview. That game may not be that important at this point. So the big question of should Lions rest guys before the playoffs, I'll get into that and talk about who might or may not get rested. I'll also go over the Wednesday injury report and talk about guys that might be returning soon, like C.J. G.J., Aline McNeil, as well as the good news, bad news regarding James Houston. I'll do all that next. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is... The Detroit Lions Podcast. Let's start with the Cowboys game injury recap. Overall, another very healthy game. The only guy that really needs to see a doctor urgently this week is Brad Allen, who needs to see his optometrist. Let's start with Jamison Williams, who's the big concern coming out of this game. In the fourth quarter, about the 13-minute mark after his big play, got up, didn't seem like there was any problem, ran off to the sideline, but then later was seen limping on his right leg and also had his right ankle taped up. We're viewing the video in slow motion, which is really the only way to see the injury. There was a right lower ankle sprain for sure. Nothing severe, looked pretty mild. Then three steps after that ankle sprain, he took an awkward step on his left ankle, which was slightly concerning for a possible mild high ankle sprain. That would be a little bit more concerning than the right ankle, which is a lower ankle sprain. High ankle sprain is a little bit tougher to get recovered from and tougher to bounce back from, and you can't really tape that up as well. So Jamo missed the rest of the game. Hard to say if that was just a precautionary issue, but I suspect it might have been. Now, if the only the right ankle is hurt, that's really good news, as it's only a lower ankle sprain. It's always severity dependent, of course, but it didn't look bad on video. For comparison, David Montgomery had a lower ankle sprain in the second Packers game in Week 12, taped it up, stayed in the game, and didn't miss any future games. 
If there's a left ankle issue, that's potentially worse news. But based on Dan Campbell's presser on Monday, calling it a day-to-day -day issue and it's sounding pretty reassuring, I'm suspecting we're only dealing with a right, right lower ankle sprain, a mild one. Should be ready for the playoffs, although he might miss the Vikings game as a precaution. Now, the next guy who was concerning was Jared Goff, who in the fourth quarter of the six-minute mark hit his right thumb very lightly on a defender helmet. I think we got lucky with this one, as a harder hit easily could have fractured his thumb. No reports of any serious injury, and he's not showing up on the injury report today, so I think we dodged a bullet here. Any harder hit could easily have fractured his thumb. For example, Dak Prescott missed five games last year with a thumb fracture. Stafford missed one game this year with a thumb ulnar collateral ligament sprain. So this is kind of the fluky type of injury that can happen anytime, and it's a perfect example of why a team might want to rest key guys in the semi-meaningless game. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Cam Sutton came into the game with a new toe injury he suffered during the week. He was a game-time decision, but ended up playing 100% of snaps. He had a bit of a rough game, but hard to say if it was because of his injury or if it was just C.D. Lamb just going off because C.D. Lamb, he's a top five wide receiver in this league right now. Cam Sutton was not looking like he was limping, did not look like he aggravated it during the game. The other guy that was concerning was Sam Laporta. In the third quarter, about the eight-minute mark, got his left leg pulled, which caused his right leg to maybe land a little bit awkwardly. It was hard to tell if it was a left leg injury, a right leg injury, or what. In the fourth quarter, Joe Buck reported that there was a right ankle wrap but there was no tape job done to Sam Laporta throughout the game. So if there was any kind of ankle injury, probably something pretty minor. On the injury report today, it is listed as an ankle. So I'm guessing at this point, probably a right ankle sprain, a mild one. Laporta was limping slightly during the final drive, but he had three big catches during those drives or during that one drive. He was also seen limping after the game, but he played 100% of snaps, which is pretty remarkable for a tight end. Dan Campbell this week has said multiple times that Sam Laporta is good, no problems. So sounds like a pretty minor issue for Laporta. During the Cowboys game, Tracy Walker also hurt his leg, looked like possibly his left leg in the first quarter on kickoff. It was off screen, so no video of the injury, but he returned to the game in the fourth quarter for a couple other kickoffs, so it seems like he's going to be fine. Derek Barnes returned after missing one game with a likely right AC joint injury of his shoulder. Now, he famously missed Dak Prescott in the end zone on what could have been a sack safety. Did that right shoulder injury contribute to him not extending his arm to sack Dak Prescott? Maybe We'll never know for sure. A couple other guys during the game. Amon Ra in the fourth quarter was limping a bit after getting kicked in the back of the left heel. Continued to play with no problems. Not on the injury report today, so he's fine. Taylor Decker came into the game with a groin injury. Looked like he got through the game fine without aggravating it. So next, let's do the full Lions and Vikings report for this Wednesday. We'll do the Lions report first. Taylor Decker is showing up with an NP with a groin. Last week, he had a groin that he suffered from the previous game. 
played just fine this last game against the Cowboys. The MP is likely a precautionary issue. Probably could be available this weekend. But again, with this game being semi-meaningless, wouldn't surprise me if some of these guys ended up getting sat. JMO is listed with an ankle injury with an NP. Again, on video, it was a right lower ankle sprain, a mild one, not overly concerning. The NP suggests that he may miss this weekend as well, but I would expect him to be available and fine for the playoffs. Brock Wright has missed the past two games with a hip. He hurt himself in the Broncos game in Week 15. Got another NP on Wednesday, which is a little bit concerning that he still has not practiced since having that injury. Hopefully it's nothing serious or long-term. He hasn't been put on IR, but it's possible he could go on IR at some point if they need a roster spot. James Houston finally got back to practice. LP on Wednesday. The LP was expected because his practice wouldn't have started and they would not have opened that if he was going to have an NP. So let's recap his case. September the 17th, the video showed a severe high ankle sprain which caused a fibula fracture. His 21-day practice window opened on December the 28th. So today is Wednesday, which is six days into the window. Today, a video dropped of him doing a straight line drill hitting a blocking sled. While that's great to see him doing drills, I'm not getting excited until he's doing lateral movement drills or circle drills. That's really what's going to be stressing that high ankle sprain. So a straight line drill still doesn't do much for me at this point. Now, while it's great news the practice window open, I'm going to throw a little bit of cold water on the excitement. I'm going to give three reasons for that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Number one, let's look at the timeline of when that practice window opened. It opened on December 28th. The first round of the playoffs is going to be 16 to 18 days post opening of the practice window. That means the season could be over before his practice window even ends. So the fact that they opened the practice window, it could have been more of just a now or never situation versus him actually being ready to play. Really wasn't much point to waiting at that point. Might as well open the window, get him as much practice as possible because the season could be over before that window is even over. Now, the worst case scenario is that he needs more time than the 21 days, which I think is very possible. I'm sure they could find a single roster spot for him if they needed that. There are seven players inactive on game day, so they could just reserve one of those spots for him every week if they needed to. Second reason for some pessimism is the nature of James Houston's injury that ankle suggests he'll likely need most, if not all, of the practice window before he's even ready to play. For example, CJGJ, who had a much lesser deal injury with his pec, not a leg injury, not a lower body injury. He's already 14 days into his window and still hasn't played. 
his first game is probably not going to be until 18 days into his window. So I was expecting that CJGJ could hopefully be back earlier in his practice window, but he's using up almost all of his practice window. And I would expect James Houston to use up even more of the practice window than CJGJ. So if this is true, then we're not going to be seeing Houston until at the earliest, the second round of the playoffs. Third reason for pessimism is keep in mind, we may not be getting the guy we saw last year, at least at first. The initial estimate of this injury was a four to six month injury recovery, and he's on the early side of that at the four month mark. He may need five or six months. He could still be having discomfort with that ankle. He could still be having range of motion limitations. For example, he has hardware in that ankle. He's got screws. He's got a plate in there. Those things can cause discomfort. He may end up getting that hardware removed in the offseason, but during the season, like most NFL players, they would just play through it. So we may not get it, be getting that guy we saw last year right at first. Now, Dan Campbell already this week has said that Houston won't be playing this weekend. The best hope for him to being a contributor this year is a deep playoff run. Probably won't see him till mid-January at the earliest. The Super Bowl is December, or sorry, it's February the 11th. That would be the five-month mark for James Houston, and that might actually be more of a realistic timeline for him. All right, next on the injury report, Sam Laporta, listed with an ankle injury. He hurt himself in the third quarter about midway through when his left leg got pulled. It's hard to tell for sure what the injury was. Could have been anything from a thigh strain to a calf strain or whatnot. But with the ankle being listed, you can see just a mild tweak of that right ankle on the video. But the fact that he did not have it taped up at all during the game suggests it's nothing too serious. He played, again, 100% of the snaps. The LP on Wednesday, probably a precaution. He probably can be available this weekend if they want him to play. Next is Ali McNeil. Great news to see that he's already practicing, coming right off of IR. His case was December the 3rd, hurt his right knee. Today, Justin Rogers reported that it was an MCL sprain, so we have our diagnosis. MCL sprains can take a few weeks to recover from. He apparently did not require surgery, which is unlikely to require surgery for a mild to moderate MCL sprain. He's eligible to play this week. He's already on the practice field today. He's sporting a pretty hefty right knee brace, which sounds like he's going to have to play with that. He might play this weekend, but as a precaution, they might rest him on the field of the playoffs as well. Now, there was news yesterday, Tuesday, that Bugs was released. Now, some people are speculating that maybe it's related to Aleem getting activated. But the way Dan Campbell talked about bugs today during his Wednesday presser was not exactly a glowing reference of bugs. It sounded like a pretty lukewarm review of Isaiah Bugs. So his release may have nothing to do with McNeil. All right, next on the report is CJ GJ. He had a pec tear September the 17th. His 21-day practice window was opened on December 20th. He's got an FP today, which is what we've been looking for this whole time. That FP means he's going to be available this weekend if they want him. 
and I think they need to throw him in there. I was hoping he'd be able to play a couple weeks before because he needs to get his legs ready. He needs to get his mind ready, get that chemistry going with the rest of the secondary. So get him out there. Let him play as much as he's capable of so he can be actually a useful, effective player for us in the playoffs. Ragnow is the next on the report. Listed with multiple things, as usual, with the knee, back, and toe. That's been his listing for a few weeks now. FP on Wednesday. He's going to be available. Cam Sutton with the FP on Wednesday is great news. He had a toe injury going to the game against the Cowboys. There was some question whether some of his maybe mediocre play was related to the toe. I think it's great news that he's got an FP on Wednesday, which means he's fine. He'll be available. It's possible they might even rest him those this weekend in case there's any toe issues still going on to make sure he is ready for the playoffs. He's a crucially important player for us, being our really only legit outside cornerback. If he has any kind of injury or goes down, that is bad news for us. Now, who's not on the report is Jason Cabinda, which is good news. He hasn't played since week three. So having him back might really be helpful this weekend when Laporta might get a lot less time or might not even play. So having Cabinda back as that fullback blocking guy might help fill in for some of the things that Laporta has been doing lately, including playing fullback occasionally. All right, let's move on to the Vikings injury report. Last game, I watched them play against Green Bay, look clean, no major injuries noted during that game. A couple weeks before we watched them play against the Lions, there were four main injuries in that first Lions game. TJ Hawkinson, our old buddy, unfortunately tore his ACL and MCL, which means he's out for the year. Obviously, he's an extremely high-target guy for their team, huge part of their offense, He's got 95 receptions for 960 yards this year. For comparison, Laporta has 81 for 860. And Laporta's a Pro Bowl level tight end this year. So TJ Hawkinson, out for this year, it's also going to hurt him next year. It might take him halfway or even most of next year before he's really feeling comfortable with that knee. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. DJ Wanham, a strong edge player for the Vikings, Tore his quad against the Lions last game. He has a six this year. He's out for this year. This is the kind of injury that's also going to affect him into next year. He's a UFA, unrestricted free agent this offseason, so we don't know where he's going to play. Makai Blackman, cornerback, has a left shoulder issue. He returned last game. He's limited on the Wednesday report, so it sounds like he'll be ready. Byron Murphy, their starting cornerback, has missed a couple games now, and he's also got an NP on Wednesday, so it's not looking great for him this week against the Lions either. Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, missed our first game, but came back last week against the Packers. He's got an NP on Wednesday, so hard to say if that's a precaution or not. 
there's a good chance he will be available for our game. Jordan Addison hurt his ankle in the first Lions game. He was questionable for last game against the Packers, but ended up playing. So it looks like he's not on the report at, at all, so he should be fine for our game. Harrison Smith is on the report with a shoulder with an LP designation. He played last week with the LP. Sounds like he'll probably be able to play against us. Jalen Naylor, their wide receiver, has missed three straight games already with a concussion. Has an NP on Wednesday already. Now looking for get hit, now looking good for him for the rest of this year. Now, now that we're heading into the playoffs, we're probably keeping track of teams where we might play in the wild card run and beyond. So let's talk briefly about that. The LA Rams. Last game, Bobby Brown, their defensive tackle, got hurt with a knee. He plays about 30% of snaps. Green Bay, another possible wild card opponent, had two guys go down with concussions this last week. Isaiah McDuffie, a linebacker, as well as Josh Myers, their center. With two weeks before the playoffs, though, there's a good chance they'll be available for the playoffs. Jaden Reed, an important wide receiver for them, has had a chest injury, got hurt this past weekend. Possibly a rib sprain, sort of like what Demo had earlier this year. He had to leave the game for that injury. Preston Smith hurt his right ankle, got a right ankle sprain, but he returned to the game. Another possible playoff opponent is the Seahawks. Evan Brown, our good buddy from last year, he got a concussion during the game. Oluwatimi came in as the backup center. Michigan fans are well aware of him. Kenneth Walker has had a right shoulder injury for a couple weeks now. He ended up leaving this last game with that shoulder injury. Michigan and Michigan State fans are highly aware of his capabilities. Abe Lucas, the Seahawks' right tackle, had a knee injury during the game, so that could be a factor. Another team possibly in the wild cards is the Saints. Alvin Kamara had a right high ankle sprain and left the game. Nephi Sewell, Panay's brother, who's mostly a special teams player, unfortunately tore his ACL. Landon Young, their right tackle starter for the past two games, left with a knee injury. Now, let's move on now to talk about, should we rest guys for this Vikings game coming up? Now, I discussed this a couple weeks ago, that from an injury standpoint, these last two regular season games are critical because any kind of minor injury could knock a guy out of the playoffs. For example, we've seen mild high ankle sprains that guys have played through during the game cost Brian Branch, Taylor Decker, and Jonah Jackson two to three games this season. If a guy gets a high ankle sprain during this last week against the Vikings, easily he could be out for one or two playoff games. So that's why this game is really critical from an injury standpoint. Already, a whole bunch of teams have announced that they're resting their key players. The Ravens benching Lamar Jackson. Niners are resting Purdy and McCaffrey. Chiefs, Mahomes. Browns are sitting Flacco. The Rams are resting Stafford. The Rams don't even care if there's sixth or seventh seed at this point. So week 18 is really turning into a preseason week. Are we going to join the crowd as a preseason week game? Well, based on what Dan Campbell's saying so far, it doesn't sound like it, but it's still somewhat early in the week. And with all this news of other teams resting their guys, maybe Dan Campbell's going to rethink things. 
Right now, we're locked into that two or three seed. And from my standpoint, there's not that much difference in those seeds. The second seed, the main advantage is you're guaranteed a home playoff game in the second round. But based on what I've seen over the past 10 years of following the NFL, that home field advantage has drastically shrunk to minimal, maybe even null. We've seen the Vegas odds reflect this. They used to give home teams a three-point advantage. It's probably down to one or one and a half at this point. Now, we've had a couple games this year where we thought that there was going to be a massive home field advantage for us, like the Seahawks in week two, which the crowd was just so fired up for after winning the Chiefs game and the opening week. And then the Packers game on Thanksgiving, crowd is fired up for. We already dominated the Packers in the first game, but then on Thanksgiving, the Packers coming and dominated us. So not sure how much it matters that we have home field advantage. Also, if the second seed gets upset, we're going to have a home game in the second round of the playoffs anyway. And it can easily happen that the Cowboys or the Eagles get upset in the first round. So with Dan Campbell making these public statements like, we'll rest when the season is over. And today he said, we're going to use our full arsenal to win the game against the Vikings. Well, what he says publicly may not necessarily mean what we're going to see on the field on Sunday. His mentality is always asking players to be gritty, playing tough, playing through pain, and the Lions players have done that. Now, Dan Campbell, I think, is savvy enough to realize that he needs to do his part to protect the players when he can, and I think he's done that, and we saw a couple big examples of this last week against the Cowboys. The big hint that Dan Campbell might rest some guys this weekend is going for two at the seven-yard line against the Cowboys. Analytically, strategically, that probably wasn't the right play if they're trying to win the game. The fact that he went for two regardless suggests that he strongly wanted to avoid overtime, and that's presumably to protect players from injury. Another hint is that Jamo didn't return to the game, even with a mild, hot, mild, low right ankle sprain, which players can return from. So that might be another hint. So despite Dan's tough attitude in these press conferences, I think he does highly value protecting guys in the playoffs, and we may see some of that happen during this game against the Vikings, despite guys starting the game. There are ways to protect guys while still starting them, you can decrease snap percentages. For example, Aiden Hutchinson, who normally gets like 90 plus percentage of the snaps, might only get 50 or 60%. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs might relinquish some carries to Craig Reynolds, which I really hope to see. I really don't want to see Jameer Gibbs out there risking himself right before the playoffs. Also, there are game strategy ways to decrease the snap counts for the game. We can try to run out the clock a bit more. Don't call timeouts at the end of the first half trying to get the ball back. We can call plays like a preseason game where we have just quick hitting passes, get that ball out of the Goff's hands quickly so he doesn't get hit. Maybe tell Goff going to the game, you got one read. If it's not there, you turf it. Throw it away. Don't take any risks. We don't need what happened in the Cowboys game where you hit your thumb on a helmet and now you're gone for a month. 
No scrambling, Jared Goff. No holding the ball. Just get rid of it just like a preseason game. Another thing we can do is rest guys with any kind of minor injury. And good examples of that are JMO, Laporta, Cam Sutton, and looking through the list, Taylor Decker with the NP Wednesday, maybe him as well. Ragnall's probably going to play. Ali McNeil, maybe give him another week off. It seems like that might be a smart move. Sam Laporta currently has 81 receptions, which is tied for the rookie record for tight ends with Keith Jackson from 1988. So these records are important for players. Maybe the Lions throw them out there in the first series, throw them a pass on the second play of the game, and then basically sit them the rest of the game. So there are a lot of things we can do to protect guys from getting an injury despite still starting them at the beginning of the game. All right, that's the weekly recap for the injury report for the Lions. Got the Vikings game Sunday. The main thing I'm looking for, crossing my fingers on, is no injuries during that game. Crossing my fingers for that as we head into the playoffs. Thanks for listening and watching. Have a great week. Let's bring it in here together. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more.